This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Well, today I'm very excited because I've got Simon Zucci with me, who many of you will know just by reputation if you've never seen him in person at one of his meetings. And one of the reasons I want him to come and talk to us today about networking is that I owe him an enormous thank you because years ago I moved my area of investment stake on Trent and I knew absolutely nobody. But there was a pin, it had just started. So along I went and I found everybody I needed to become extremely good at what I wanted to do in Stoke-on-Trent and make a serious amount of money. So thank you, Simon. My pleasure. And uh, well done for you seizing the opportunity and trying to tap into the the ready-made local network instead of trying to work it out yourself. Well, it it was one of those things that suddenly I found it and realised that this was definitely a good thing in capital letters. Now, you don't just do networking. You are a property investor yourself. Yes, I am. How long have you been doing this, uh, actual property, before you got into networking? So I started, uh, I bought my first property in 1995 and it was my home, but I rented out two of the rooms to my friends who were still studying university. So I became a kind of a, a living landlord from 95 and I became what I call a proper landlord in 1998. I moved out of that first house. I bought another one and my friends went with me to the second house and I rented the first one out to students at Birmingham University. So since 1998, uh, so quite a long time, I've been a, a proper landlord. And so you got going on that, but what made you think hang on a second, I, I'm doing rather well at this. Let's get networking. What made you decide to set up that first PIN meeting? I think it was a combination of factors. First of all, um, I'd started investing in my own personal development back in about 1998, not in property because there was no property training at that time, but in uh, in actually a marketing course. And then also I went to Tony Robbins in the year 2000. Ah, oh, yes. And you know, Tony's got a lot to answer for for lots of successful people, I think. And I realized how important it is to get environment. You've got to get the like-minded people around you. And what I had noticed is that none of my family had really invested in property apart from their own homes. All my friends were still working. So no one really understood what I was trying to do. I was able to leave my full-time employment from at Cadbury's as a uh, senior manager there in 2001, thanks to the income from my property. And it took me two more years to 2003 to completely replace my income. So no one around me knew really what I was doing or could support me. I was going to breakfast network meetings at the time, which were for ah, business. Yes. I met a great solicitor, mortgage broker, accountant, everyone I needed for my property business there. But again, none of them had any investment property. So again, they didn't realize what I was trying to do. And I did actually go to a property seminar in about 2002. Now, I'd already become financial. I left my full-time job and this leaflet came to my door saying, hey, would you like to become a property millionaire? And, you know, I'm into education and learning. I thought, well, 
I'm probably already there, but let's go and see what I can learn. And I went along to this two-hour talk, and some of the things they talked about, sure enough, I knew. But they talked about things I didn't know about. Yeah. And I've always had a very open mind. I thought, that's interesting. So I, I paid a couple of thousand pounds, went down to a course in London. It's the early days for that company, one of the first companies in the UK to do things. They're not around anymore. And um, it was brilliant. I, I learned stuff I'd never even thought about. So that kind of got me hooked on, on more learning and continually improving myself. And I went out and I took action on what I learned on that course. And most people don't take action from training, unfortunately. I took action. I went and bought a property, no money down. I thought, this is brilliant. But then I stopped. And I think it's because I lost momentum. It was great at the event when people were there and everyone was hyped up. But when you're out on your own, it's really lonely. That is so true. It is lonely, isn't it? Yes. Especially if people around you don't get it. Yeah. So I went online in 2003 to see if there's any sort of property networking event and there wasn't anywhere in the... I would have travelled, you know, I don't mind travelling for a good event, but there was nothing at all. So that's why back in 2003, I set up the very first networking event anywhere in the UK. I called it Property Investors Network. It was just a local meeting to me in Birmingham. I come from Kent originally, but I'd settled in Birmingham in 1990. And um, it was great. I, I, you know, there was probably about five people at our first meeting. We were all interested in property and different levels and and people started asking me, Simon, how come you don't have to work? And yes. uh, so I started explaining what I'd done. That's when I realized, Rachel, actually, I love to teach and share what I had done. Yes. And, uh, you know, that there was suddenly this big boom, wasn't there? I mean, I do remember because I, I remember going to one of the early ones in Southampton. And I was very lucky because we had the Berkshire property meet as well down the road from me. And yep. John Cox and I, of course, ran the Bucks. Um, yeah. And so, you know, there was this little group of network meetings that got going. And then suddenly you went boom and you basically you could find pins all over the place. And I think that's because your mentees who went through the mastermind uh, and I didn't. So, I, you know, I'm not promoting something I went through here that they got enthusiastic and also wanted to feed back, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. So what happened was I was running a think about four meetings, three or four weeks, and I was doing one a week. So I do one in London, one in Birmingham, I think one in Bristol and one in Manchester. And I was bombing around the country each week. It was a bit crazy, really. And um, I had people coming to those say, this is really good, but I'm traveling a long way. Could I maybe have one close to me? And so basically, we, I, I, I was very precious, you know, because we, we're not very salesy at the meeting. We don't sell any property. And I really wanted the right people who I was happy with to to start them promote the meetings to run the meetings. So basically, people who'd done our mastermind training who had got great results, they often said, "Hey, can I set up a meeting?" So we we set up a program to teach them how to run a meeting. And, and a they do it because they like to give back. B also it positions them as a local expert in the market. They get to meet some of the top speakers. That people come to the meetings who've got money, so have got deals, and obviously there's a lot of trust within the community, and certainly with pin hosts as well. Yes, and so um, that's how it grew, and that's why there are 50 plus meetings around the country now. Absolutely, and and that's the thing is because um, you've got to go regularly to these things to get the most out of it, and yeah. quite and they're not they don't all have the same flavor. So if you no. go to one and it's not quite you, go to another one that's near you, and it may well be you. Absolutely. So. I would suggest, you know, obviously pins are big now. There's probably a pin close to you, but don't just go to pin meetings. No. Through yes. all of the local meetings. You do a Google search, you can find them. And I think a lot of it comes down to the the host and the personality of the host. 
people also have slightly different formats for their meetings as well. And, and something may resonate with you, something may not. So I would agree with you, Rachel, go and give them a try. And the ones that resonate with you, go back and go regularly. It, it, it makes me smile when you said that. Um, we had someone call up our office and uh, he'd been to one PIN meeting. He called up to complain. He said, I'm really upset. I went to this meeting. I expect there'll be loads of investors who could fund all my deals. And we said, well, yeah, there are lots of people there. He said, well, I didn't meet today. So, well, it's your first meeting. Yes. You know, there's not a queue of people lining up who've got £100,000 to lend you. You've got to go regularly, become a known face, get to know people. You always need to do your due diligence and research yep. when you work with people, whatever capacity you're, you're working in. And so uh, sometimes people don't get that. You know, it, people, uh, sorry, property is a people business. It's about it relationships. And um, also people don't, it, it is quite large sums of money that absolutely. pass between people. Yeah. So everyone's got to be aware of that and not just think that they can walk into a room and the money's going to flutter into their hands. Not going to happen. It's not mm. going to happen, is it? No. And I know that when I was a host with with John at the Bucks, we used to get people coming up and going, I'm, I'm thinking of lending some people some money. Anyone in the room, you don't want me to go near or you think I should go and just watch. And they would sit and watch for months yes. the person that they'd got in their sights. Yeah. It, it wasn't it's the really, first first one, put your hand up and it's going to be your 100 grand. No, it doesn't work like that. It's one of the reasons we, we, and here's a tip for everyone listening to this. If you are thinking, oh, well, I'm going to run out of my own money at some point. And by the way, that happens to all of us, right? So it's nothing to worry about. It happens to all of us. And so using other people's money, and obviously you got to be very careful when you use other people's money. You've got to make sure that you know what you're doing. You've got to make sure you can get it back to them, etc. But one of the tips is you need to let everyone know what you're doing. And as well as attending network meetings, you should be on your social media sharing your property journey. You're not bragging. You're not boasting. You're just sharing what you're doing. That's what social media is all about. Because you will have family, friends, former work colleagues who might have funds. And just as in the same way, at network meetings, there might be people who are just keeping an eye on you to see how you do. There are family and friends just watching your social media. And you would be surprised how people come out of the woodwork after a while saying, oh, I've been seeing what you're doing. I'm kind of interested. I've got a bit of money. I've got some inheritance or savings. And that's one of the best ways to raise money. People yeah. you already know who know you, like you, and trust you. But you've got to tell them what you do. If you're, if you're keeping your investing a secret, which... Some people do, Rachel, because they're worried, well, if it doesn't work... Yes, it's some sort one. of dirty secret, isn't it? It is It is a dirty secret or something. I think that's partly because sometimes being a landlord is, is you know, frowned upon by the media, etc. And, and, you know, there are some bad landlords out there, but most of us are good landlords providing good quality accommodation mm. at a good rate to people who just can't afford their own home. And if, if we didn't have private landlords, this country would have a big, big problem. Yes, and I think that one of the, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you about if somebody's never been to any form of networking, what should they do? Because I see so many people try and become completely invisible in networking meetings. They yeah. stare at the floor long enough. No one will notice they're there. They stand in the corner pretending to be busy on their phone. <laughs> yes. So, and the thing that terrifies them the most is that, okay, we're all going to stand up and we'll just say who we are. Yeah. What do you, if you're that terrified and you've never been before, what's the bare minimum you can get away with? Okay. So, so a couple of things. First of all, you're not unusual if you don't like meeting strangers. Most people don't like meeting people and having to make small talk. So that's a, a human fear and, and concern most people have. Another fear is standing up and speaking in public. So sometimes in networking, you've got these two things put together. No wonder some people don't want to go into networking, okay? Yes. But the first thing is this. 
When you go to a networking meeting, especially a property networking meeting, you instantly have something in common with all the other people there in that everyone is interested in property. And it might sound obvious, but you've got something you yes. can start talking about anyway. And it's perfectly acceptable to go up to a complete stranger and say, hi, do you mind if I join you and start talking to you? So, so, and once you do that a few times, you realize people aren't going to kill you. They're not going to bite your head off. They're, they're happy to talk. It's, it's an amazing, abundant environment yes. at these meetings where people will talk and share because they're in like-minded, kindred spirits. So that's the first thing too. Don't worry about networking. Now, at many net, not all, but many networking meetings, PIN included, there's an opportunity if you want, and only if you want, to stand up and introduce them. We don't force everyone to do no. it. We really don't. It's up to you. And maybe the first time you go, you just sit back and observe, see what's going on. But when you go back again, I would highly encourage anybody who goes to a network meeting to seize that opportunity to stand up. And here's what you say. You say what your name is and where you're from. You say what you're interested in doing. And then maybe if you need some help or you want some, a call to action, hey, I'm going to be standing over there. Come and speak to me if that's of interest to you. And you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to sit next to. But you're not going to connect with everyone in the meeting. But if you stand up and take that opportunity, everybody gets to hear what you're looking for. And you never yeah. know if there might be someone in the room who can either help you or can recommend you, introduce you to someone else who can help you. So it just massively enhances the networking opportunity if you take that leap of faith and use that 20 or 60 seconds, whatever you're given at that particular meeting. And my yes. word of advice here would be, don't just think, oh, what am I going to say? What are we going to say? Prepare before you go. Absolutely. Think about it write it down, even practice it and time it to make sure you're within the allocated time for that particular meeting. Pin pin meetings is 20 seconds. And that is enough time, by the way. And then what that means is then when you go, you, you're not sitting thinking what you're going to talk about. You already know that. And you can actually listen to what the other people say, because sure enough, there'll be one or two other people who think, oh, that's interesting. I want to go and talk to them. So it's a great way for you. We call it kind of enhanced networking, rather than just relying people get on and talking to each other. By giving people the opportunity to stand up, you can make a beeline for specific people with whom there might be some yes. mutual interest. So that's why we do it. And I know not everyone, it, it's a shame not everyone uses it, but hopefully that's a useful tip, how to make the most out of that 20 second opportunity. The elevator. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is that some people forget it's not all about them. If they would just, you know, if they just relax a bit more and think I've got to get everything out of everybody else, then they would become invisible, basically, and they would have a lot more fun and they could have interact with an awful lot of people because they wouldn't be terrified about what what question, difficult questions someone's going to ask them and whether or not their deal was good enough or oh, oh, all these other terrible things that people worry about. And the other thing that is very prevalent at the moment, because we've got phones and we're all now quite used to using them. And you know, when, when we're talking back in the day when you first started your meetings and I first started going there, and mobile phones weren't very big. You know, we all had tiny little things and they weren't smart and all the rest of it. But we've all got used to them now. Yeah. But some people are too reliant on them. So they will only have information on their phone and they go, well, if you just follow my little code or whatever, you can get all my information. That is absolutely true. But when you're in a networking environment, which you can't control the Wi-Fi, you can't control the noise levels, you can't always rely on getting the right signal or being able to download it. And I know, for example, I met a fabulous woman last week who would be perfect to come on as a guest. I don't know what she's called. 
So I can't find her on my phone. I've got all her details. But because I haven't got a little piece of card that would have cost nothing from Vistaprint or whatever, yep. I can't look her up because I've not a clue. And, and yeah, it's great to have these new QR codes as tech, but just always have a backup. The good old-fashioned business card. And here's a tip yep. for everyone, by the way. Make sure you put your photo on the business card. Rachel, I'm sure you've had the experience. You come back from a networking event, you yep. have a pile of cards, you put them on your desk. You might look at them a couple of days later and you're you're fanning through them. You think, I, who is this? I don't remember who this person is no. because there's no picture on their card. Whereas then, if there's a picture there, actually it's much easier to remember who they were. And by the way, when you're talking to someone, once you finish talking, maybe jot a few notes on the back of that card so you know specifically what you were talking about. And here's the really important thing. It's not just about going to the meeting to meet people. No. You don't want to follow up. You, you want to call the people, text them, whatever, within 24 hours of going and follow up and, and have a further conversation with them. Absolutely. And I think that when you go to some of the network meetings, you'll find that there are groups within groups because they are they found each other. They see each other in outside in other meetings or outside socially. And it's often because they've discovered that they like doing a different type of property. And that's another reason why I think all of us should go to networking meetings is because you get a much broader idea of what goes on. Property yes. is such a broad church, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And there, there are so many different ways of doing it, so many different techniques, so many different eras. I mean, you'll, you'll never know everything. I don't know everything. I've been doing this 28 years, right? And yeah. anyone who thinks they know everything is kidding themselves, really. So again, go with a really open mind. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to talk to. And it's not a case of just trying to find the more experienced people. There might be someone who's new to property or they're doing one particular thing. They've only ever done that, but actually they're really good at that. And yes. you, just, you just never know, do you? No. And that, to a certain degree, I, I've always been a believer. If you've decided to go to a meeting, don't look and see who's speaking because you might well go, oh, I don't need to do, I don't need to go to the first one because I know that. No, yeah. you won't know everything. There will always be a nugget. So as a speaker myself, I can tell you, even if I have a present and I'm doing the same presentation that I've done before, it's never 100% the same. I'm always adding extra little bits yep. in because the, the last time I presented it, guess what? Things have happened since then. I've had different experiences. So the content's never going to be, even if you see the same speaker, and many speakers have multiple topics, by the way, but it's, it's not going to be the same content if you've seen it before. And even if it is... I'm a great believer in the second or third time you see something. Yes. You're, you'll pick up things of, that you missed the first time around because A, you can only take a certain amount of knowledge in at any one time, but also you were in a, you were in a different place the second time than the first yes. time you saw it. So it's a bit like when you read a book or watch a movie for the second time, you notice things you didn't see first time around. It's the same book, it's the same movie. It's just, you can't take everything in. So you're absolutely right, Rachel. I, I, I think it's very dangerous to cherry pick meetings based on oh, who's speaking. You want to go along and, and the speaker's important. Great. Yep. But actually it's the people in the meeting that are the most important thing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if a network pin or, you know, progressive, all the independents, they'll have quite a wide range of uh, speakers. And so therefore you need to sort of cast your net wide because then you will get a really good understanding of what's going on. You had a wonderful phrase years ago, I don't know if you still got it, which you talked about a toolkit. Absolutely. Um, always yeah. stuck in my mind. Yeah. And that really summed up why you have to go and learn constantly, isn't it? Yes. What, what I mean by that, Rachel, it's an important topic because sometimes people 
have a favorite strategy or a favorite tool that they use. Uh, for example, let's say a lot of people start with a rent-to-rent -rent strategy because it's a, a quick strategy, get cash flow, you don't need a lot of money, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then they start looking at every deal as a rent-to-rent. -rent. Now, rent-to-rent is great, but actually a better strategy, I believe, is a purchase lease option, where as well as getting a monthly income, you get the right to buy the property in the future if you want to. Now, obviously, a purchase lease option doesn't work in all circumstances. There are certain times when it does and many times it doesn't. But if you're just looking for rent-to-rent uh, -rent all the time, uh, actually, it could be a great PLO, but you miss that because you're just focusing on one thing. So by having a toolkit, an awareness of all the different strategies. You don't have to know them all in detail, but you just need to know that they exist. And thus, what you can do is you can then work out the appropriate tool to use in that particular situation with that particular seller. Because if you only have one, there's a saying, if you only have a hammer in your toolkit, everything starts to look like a nail. Yes, it does. And that is a big problem. And there are so many people who can do different things. And then suddenly they have a light bulb moment and they go, oh, why didn't I do that before? And it's because they're just dismissed it out of hand quite often. Yeah. I've got a great another great saying, which you might like, and please feel free. It's not mine. I don't know where it came from, but it's a great saying, which is you don't know what you don't know. Oh, so true. So true. You don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. So for, before we finish, what, what one thing should somebody who's very new in property actually do to really get themselves going? Well, obviously, networking is pretty useful because you can learn from lots of people. You can, um, If someone's new, they might not know, well, what's my strategy? And by going and speaking to other people and getting real life experience of what other people have done is a good idea. Bear in mind, people have different approaches. So you might have a strategy such as one of my favorite ones is HMOs, houses of multiple occupation. Well, there are lots of different types of HMO. Uh, there are lots of different ways of doing HMOs. And actually, most HMOs are very average, very boring, very standard, and there's probably an oversupply. Whereas what I teach is high-end HMOs that are much higher rents, they're much more demand, you have lower void periods, and you don't have all the competition that other people have. So within any strategy, there's there's lots of different types. So I, I think my my biggest piece of advice would be have an open mind and have a questioning mind. Don't ever think you know everything. Uh, if you want to home in on a particular area, just go really, really deep on that and speak to as many people as you can. And by the way, people have got different views, different opinions. You don't have to take on everything that people say. Take on what works and resonates for you, but speak to successful people who are actually doing what you want to do. And that's going to be a way of shortcutting your way to success. Don't You don't have to invent it all. You don't have to reinvent no. it. Someone's already done it before you and they've been really successful and you can copy them. And that's why people come and do training courses rather than trying to do it all for free off the internet or watch podcasts and things. They want a step-by-step -step process they can follow that will save them a huge amount of time and hopefully get them to the result they want much quicker than trying to work it out on their own. Absolutely. And that, that a lot of people do go, well, I could see it all on YouTube. But it's not the same and you can shortcut it Let me so ask you a question, Rachel. Yes. If watching YouTube was enough, how come not everyone is already a multimillionaire? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, if, uh, I always say to people who say, well, I can get it all off YouTube. You'll be sitting on your backside for a long time watching those YouTubes. Whereas if you just get going, you get there faster. There's no experience for actually just doing it. You know, yeah. but doing it with a bit of guidance is a smart thing to do. And look, by the way, YouTube is brilliant. Free podcasts are brilliant. You should absolutely do those things. Yes. Because it's a great way to get, you could listen to your podcast while out and about. It's a really good way to build your knowledge. 
But when you really want to do something, that's why people come and invest in themselves to do a training because they want that shortcut. They want the step-by-step process from someone who's already done what they want to do. So yeah, free education is great, but there comes a point where you've got to put a stake in the ground. And, and here's the thing, Rachel, when you invest in yourself, yes. when you're tracking yourself, a couple of things happen. First of all, you've got a psychological upgrade because you are, you are well, you're fundamentally backing yourself. You're, I believe in myself. But the most important thing, Rachel, you become more investable. If you're looking for other people to lend you money or joint venture with you, if you're not prepared to invest in yourself first to learn how to do things properly, why on earth would someone else invest their hard money? Hard yes. Money you? And it does shine through, doesn't it? The bumbling idiot and slightly amateurs next to the man who's got everything ready to go. And you just think, yeah, I, I feel... You can tell people who've had some education and training. Look, and by the way, there are some people who do it all on the way. I, I didn't have any education for no. the first seven years. Uh, then I went on that course in 2002. And yes, yeah, some of the things I knew, but it, it jumped me onto the next level. So you can never know everything. Have that open mind uh, and recognise every day is a school day if you're open to it. Uh, yes, every day is a school day. Such a good phrase that, isn't it? Well, Simon, thank you so much for sparing the time. Now, where can people find you if they want to find you straight away? So a couple of things. Uh, they can go and look me up on LinkedIn, uh, Simon Zucci, Z-U-T-S-H-I. Look me up on LinkedIn. I have a, a YouTube channel, uh, which is Simon Zucci. Again, do a search on that. You'll, you'll find my channel. Lots of free content on there. Um, I have the Property Magic podcast. Again, that's a free podcast. comes out every Tuesday. And if people haven't read my book, Property Magic, why not? Uh, you should read it. Uh, <laughs> yes. It, it, uh, you could get a complimentary copy. So if you go to simonfreebook.com, simonfreebook.com, you can get a, a digital copy for free. Or if you pay $3.95, we'll send you a physical copy in the post. And I highly recommend, I know you've read it, Rachel. It's a, I have, yes. It's a, it's a pretty basic book. It can't teach you everything. But what it does is it opens your mind to show you some of the possibilities and hopefully get you thinking a different way. And I'm very pleased to say that a lot of people say that a lot of people start reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a great book you must read. But it doesn't really teach you about property. Then they somehow find property magic. And they say, oh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that got me going. Then property magic teaches me what to actually do. And I've had people who've literally just read the book and gone out and done lots of successful things in property. So that's probably a good resource. And, and obviously, come and check out the PIN meetings. You can go to pinmeeting.co.uk. Maybe, Rachel, we can put a, some sort of... Um, well, trust me, the... it'll all be in the in the show notes. Show notes. They'll be very comprehensive. So if people haven't yeah, what quite... I was going to say, sorry, Rachel, I was say, let's get a code, especially for your listeners, so okay. they can come to their very first PIN meeting for free as your guest instead of paying the normal £20. That would be absolutely lovely. I would, you know, I'm just, I'm so evangelical about people coming to networking meetings. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you, you've you've run one yourself for many years. You know exactly how powerful they are. And, and you know, I, I put a lot of my success down to networking. Um, yeah. and I never used to like doing it. I kind of forced myself to do it. But actually, the people I've met, the contacts I've made, the knowledge I've gained, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am now if I wasn't networking. I still network. I, I network slightly differently these days, but I still network because it's a great way to grow your contacts. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I was that person who used to go out on a Wednesday and stay on trend. Um, you know, so... I <laughs> But it, it, it is one of those things that really gets you going, really gets you motivated. And frankly, that's what we all want because then we go and do stuff yes. and you watch your wealth slowly grow, which is fantastic. Complete, just a game changer, really. Thank Indeed. you so much, Simon. It's been absolutely super. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.